Hey there, entrepreneurs, and welcome to episode 98. 98, folks. We are counting it down to episode 100, which will take place a week from today. It'll be our 100th episode as well as our one year anniversary with the Resilient Entrepreneur, which is absolutely mind-blowing. If you haven't had a chance, please go and check out all the recaps, the, the great kind of best of clips and stuff like that on our social profiles, which is at Create Honesty on IG and Facebook, um, createhonesty.com if you want to find me via my website, LinkedIn under my name, and all the other places where, you know, people can found, be found on social. But for right now, I am jumping in with the incredible Marissa Finelli. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? Whew, I completely get it. Because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs, and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. They Hey there, entrepreneurs, and welcome to today's show. Now, I'm really excited for this guest because it's a topic that I've known, because some of you may not know, is that I am a Reiki practitioner, and I believe very much in the healing arts and different things like that. But what you may not know is that folks in that area maybe don't know a ton about business. So that's why I'm excited to have today's guest on today. Um, Marissa Finelli is the owner of Healing Points Therapeutic, which is over here in Massachusetts, which is where I am. She recently won the Business Person of the Year in her community in 2020, which is pretty damn cool. She practices hypnoacupuncture. That's kind of her signature treatment at her center. And, you know, I love this part is that she refers to herself as a mystical curator, which I'm going to have you tell me more about, where you kind of bring all different practitioners together, offering different mo modalities and pop-ups and all sorts of things. So thank you very much for being here with me, Marissa. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So let's, let's jump in. Tell people your story, because I think oftentimes, you know, people don't understand, especially in the healing area of things, how the heck people get to where they are because it's a calling on some levels. Um, oh. but tell us your story. Sure. So um, I've always been interested in holistic medicine. Um, just growing up, you know, I sort of gravitated to it. And then um, my mom was sick for a lot of my childhood. And I saw, you know, the results of her being treated basically in pieces, you know, she mm -hmm. would go to the doctor for one thing, they'd find something, they would do all of these procedures and give her medications. And then they would create a whole other issue that was worse than the original one. And this was right. sort of a consistent theme throughout my childhood. So was, I was drawn to the medicine and drawn to the holistic piece. Um, but I actually ended up going to um, school to become an English teacher because <clears throat> I've always been a writer as well. So I went and got my bachelor's in English. I became an English teacher quickly realized I absolutely <laughs> hated it. Um, it was just not my passion. Um, I would, you know, I was in a really horrible area. Um, and it was just, it was a really, you know, dehumanizing experience. Like every day I just 
would go in and think to myself, why am I here? I have no passion for this work. I, you know, I was like slogging through my days. Yeah. So one day I went to um, Alta Vista because I'm old, you know, uh, <laughs> Google didn't exist back then. And I noticed that there was this little ad running across the top of the, uh, the screen and it was for an acupuncture program, an acupuncture graduate program. And it just instantly caught my eye and I felt drawn to it. And so I decided to, you know, look into it, see if it was something that could be a good fit for me. That was the beginning of my journey. I ended up basically trashing my whole life uh, in Connecticut, um, moved to Boston, um, went to grad school. And during the course of grad school, I kept hearing over and over, you know, this is something that you are going to need a second job to support yourself with. There is not a way for acupuncturists to make enough money to be able to live if you don't have a second or a third job, you know, holding you up. And then I heard the, the whole only one out of five of you are actually going to be in business, uh, you know, over the next five years. And I, I've always been somebody who is driven by, you can't do this. Exactly. There's no way you can do it, you know? And so I just kind of got into this space of feeling like, watch me, you know, exactly. and not only am exactly. I going to be able to support myself, I'm going to create something that's wildly successful and prove to other people it can be done as well. So I graduated. Um, I was waiting tables at the time. <clears throat> I was waiting tables seven days a week and building my business during the day. So basically I went into a very inexpensive space and I would work, you know, open up my office during the day, wait tables at night. And throughout the course of weeks and months of just, you know, first, nobody comes, you're in your office, you're waiting for the people to come and you're just like, okay, <laughs> if you <laughs> build here. it, they Come will on, not come. Yeah. If you build it, exactly. they're not necessarily coming guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was just, it was really trial and error. It was me really throwing everything at the wall to see what would stick, you know, and trying all of these little events and, you know, posting ads that didn't work and, but being really resilient and being really repetitive, you know, and that's part of the thing. It's like you, you get into this place where you try things, they don't work. And a lot of people are like, that didn't work. Clearly, clearly it's not going to work. But for me, it was more about experimentation. I'm like, if this doesn't work, we'll try the next thing. And then we'll go back to the first thing again, because you have to do it more than once to make something work. Mm -hmm. um, so eventually I ended up being able to cut my, my waitressing shifts and realizing like, okay, so now I can, you know, I can take out Mondays. I'll open up my day full-time for patients and now Tuesdays and now Wednesdays. And at one point I still remember sitting in my office and looking at my numbers and being like, oh my God, I don't have to be a waitress anymore. Like I am making more here than I, <laughs> I did at my waitressing job, which I was working at a restaurant where um, I, because I was working so many hours and, you know, the menu was sort of expensive. Like I remember thinking I'll never be able to make as much doing acupuncture as I am waiting tables. Like I can make such quick, easy yeah. money here. And I realized, oh my God, I've beaten, you know, I've all of those, all of those, those financial goals that I had for myself. I've, I've gone above all of them. Yeah. And then I just released the waitressing and focused on my practice full time. And it's been, it's been a wild ride ever since, but it's, wow. it's been amazing. 
Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that you're saying like, you just, you, number one, that you have to do things more than once. Cause I see that a lot in people. Like I ran this ad one time and nobody did it. So therefore I won't do it again. And I'm like, well, there's so many different factors and they're all moving targets. Right. And there's so many different things that contribute into, especially in marketing, you know, what works, what doesn't all of that. So I love the fact that you said that you were resilient and just kept going with it because you know, it compounds over time, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about, I think, you know, how you became a mystical curator and one, what does that mean, please? Cause I think <laughs> I know what it means, but I know folks at home don't. And I think it's really cool. So what does that mean? Um, so basically I am a collector of magical people. Um, I, <laughs> Dude, they're not, I don't have their head on my nightstand or anything like that. <laughs> um, but I, you know, what I do is I seek out people who have magical gifts, psychics, mediums, readers, past life people, like Akashic Records. I mean, if you, if you can think about something in the mystical realm, I've likely tried it over and over again. Um, and I vet them and then I feature them in all kinds of events. And it started because when I was, you know, when I, initially began my practice and started building my client base. For some reason, I had a practice that was filling with psychics. I mean, (laughs) they were, I'm like a magnet for, for psychics. And so I started to think about why is this, what is it about me that everybody that comes in is like, Oh, I don't, I've never told anyone this, but I'm a psychic. So clearly there was something energetic going on. Um, and then I began to, um, began to do a little exploration and, Part of the reason why I was able to build up such a powerful referral network is that I am very middle of the road and grounded and magical at the same time. But like, I have such a powerful, like business piece and I'm kind of a skeptic. Like I am not somebody who's easily wooed by magic. I'm not easily convinced, you know, I need to see that this is something really amazing and, and something that is, I can beyond a shadow of doubt say, this is legit. Like this is real. This person is really gifted. So I started referring um, these psychics and mediums that I was meeting to my client base and they took a lot of stock in what I was saying, because I am so like skeptical and grounded. Um, And then as I moved forward and I began to, you know, build this network up, I started to realize too, that the, there are so many amazing, amazing people out there who have such gifts, but they are terrible at business. Um, They're terrible at explaining what they do. (laughs) They're terrible at taking money for it. Yes. Um, a lot of them, unfortunately, are also terrible at the boring stuff that we need, the, gra- the, the groundwork to build a business. We need to answer our phones. We need to have a schedule. We need to be accessible. You know, all of these little things that are boring, like nobody, nobody's excited about, you know, getting a new scheduling software thing, right? <laughs> but we need all of these little pieces in place to build the groundwork for people to come. And so I started to kind of, I started to do a little coaching. I have a group called holistic entrepreneurs and I would do a lot of writing around, okay, you can be amazing at what you do. If nobody can find you, or if nobody has any idea of what the hell you do, you're not going to be able to be successful. So 
started doing, you know, coaching for that. And then realizing too, that I have, I have the, the platform to be able to really put people out there and shine a light on them because they have the gifts and I have the ability to sit with them, know if they're legit and be able to really accurately define, like, this is your gift. This is how you've affected me having this session with me. Like, this is the change you created in your client. And so what we're going to do is take that and we're going to put it out there on a larger scale. So people can see when they book with you, here's what you do. Here's how it's going to work. And it just became something amazing. You know, people love these events and, They love being introduced to new practitioners who have such transformative abilities to, you know, to really catalyze massive changes in their lives. Um, But they would have never known that if it wasn't for, for, and I don't want to say it for me, but you know, if it wasn't for having somebody to sit down and to say, I'm going to put you in a, I'm going to put you in an event and here's what you're going to do. And here's how you're going to you know, define it and market it. And so it's kind of like everybody wins. And that's what I love about this because I get to play all day in magic. Um, (laughs) The magical practitioners actually get to make money and to understand like the building blocks of creating the business and my clients and people out there who really need this stuff, but have no idea that it's even out there. They have access to it now and they're able to find it and to understand it. Right. I mean, I love the fact that you are, you're so focused on clarifying the message and, you know, the, the experience that occurs and what people can expect through it. Because I know, I mean, I attempted to open a Reiki business years back and I spent so much time just trying to articulate to people what the hell Reiki was, Mm -hmm. right. That I couldn't even like the barrier to entry was so high on the business because of exactly like what you're saying, like people couldn't understand it out of the gate. And we all know instant gratification and like instantly knowing is kind of a key. So I can't imagine, I see so many, you know, talented, like you said, magical people who are shut down before they even have a foot in the door because of preconceived notions or confusion or something like that. So, I mean, how do you help them battle, I guess, those preconceived notions around some of it? Because I know some of our listeners are like, what? magic, what, like, how do you market that? I guess. I mean, it's really all about marketing from the perspective of the client and not from the perspective of the person doing the thing. You know, I'm an acupuncturist and I could sit here all day long and talk about, I went to Japan and I know about chi and I know about this. And you're going to be like, "Eh, eh, who cares? But if you, I sit down with you and you, I can see that you're, I'm, I'm not actually using you as an example, but if I was sitting across from you and I'm like, oh, your back looks a little, you look like you're a little uncomfortable. And then we get into a conversation and I hear about their slipped disc and I explain to them, well, you know, what's going to happen is if you have a session of acupuncture, that pain is going to be alleviated by 40% probably after your first session. And then it's going to continue and you're going to be able to actually move tomorrow. You're going to be, here are the results you're going to see. Here's how I'm going to affect your life and change things for you. That is what people want to hear. We're all about ourselves. We want to hear about what are you going to do for me? That's going to make me feel better. That's going to make me feel, you know, good. Um, so for, you know, I have a lot of Reiki people in my network and we talk a lot about 
like the, again, the marketing piece. And I, I'm like, well, what do you do? And they're like, it's so hard to explain exactly. <laughs> the energy that comes through. Like <laughs> I got to a point where I was like, you know, laying on hands, like the talk about in the Bible, we'll go with that. <laughs> like, I didn't, because people just like the common out, like the, the terms that we're using in Reiki there, people are like, what the hell is that? Like, I don't know. Right. What that is. <laughs> And there's something to be said for, I always tell people, you know, think this is going to sound kind of negative, but I'm like, think of the dumbest person, you know, yeah, and then go 10 times dumber because it's not that it's, it's not that you're, you know, insulting people's intelligence, but we don't understand. Like I can talk about chi all day long and nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about because it's my world. And in my world, it makes sense. But in anybody else's world, people are going to be like, huh, you're speaking a foreign language. So we have to understand that people don't get what we do from the perspective of how we define what we have to figure out is what is it going to feel like for you? So if I was a Reiki practitioner, I wouldn't be talking about, I'm going to, you know, be going through your chakras. What I would say is you're going to lay on a table. You're going to feel the most blissful sense of calm that you've ever felt. Your nervous system is going to regulate and all of that stress and frazzled energy, that anxiety you've had, you're going to just kind of feel it melting and melting to the point where by the time you're done with the session, you're going to feel more clear. You're going to feel more focused. So giving people that example of how is it going to affect you rather than what is this thing? Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, and that's the same for, and I think it takes the, like on some level, it also takes the, the skepticism off the table as well. Right. Because you're saying, no, you're going to come out of this feeling that way, which I know, like somebody who said, well, you can't guarantee that blah, blah, blah. Nobody can guarantee any outcome anyway. So, but, you know, for someone who goes to like, um, like a tower reader or, you know, a psychic or something like that. And all they have in their head is what they've seen on TV, like the 1-800, whatever numbers or any of that kind of crap. Um, Mm -hmm. it's a lot different. It's a lot different. And I think explaining it in a way that you're describing must be remarkably helpful. And I hope that these people have seen an increase in their business substantially. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, and what you're describing it's, it's not just for them. Like it's, this is common knowledge across like all of marketing. It's the what's in it for them factor. It's never about the product. Um, so talk to us about how you've seen maybe some growth in these folks, um, just from these, I mean, we call them simple tweaks, but I think you and I know they're not simple for the people making them. Right. I mean, I have people messaging me every week telling me that, you know, I am full now. Like my business is full. I have people on a wait list. I mean, I've seen people who had just dipped their toes in and were so afraid to take the next step and just, you know, they were like, I read tarot cards, but I'm just going to stay small, do my little thing. And then after I started working with them, all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I have a real thriving business. I never imagined that that could happen for me. Um, and I see it all the time. I mean, it's kind of the running joke that like, if I really fixate on, like if I do a session with someone and I'm like, oh my God, I need to talk this up. It is like the winning lottery ticket because I talk it up everywhere. And all of a sudden they're like, I'm overbooked. <laughs> I have like so many people, I can't fit them in. And you know, like the floodgates will open. So very often, you know, it's just bringing attention to who the person is and what they do. Um, and it makes 
it's incredible and it's really gratifying. I feel like they're like my little babies. I'm watching them grow, you know, and I'm like the mom that's like, okay, like I'm going to let you fly now and you're going to go out, you know, and, and create something bigger. And it's, it is the most, I never imagined how much pleasure I could get out of it. I get more pleasure in promoting other people's businesses than I do in growing my own. Right. Which is kind of weird. <laughs> no, I, th- I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's amazing. I mean, there's nothing like, and I say this kind of like coach to coach, consultant to consultant. There is nothing like that feeling when you see the light bulb go off with mm-hmm. somebody. Like, cause you can tell like that turning point when they're like, oh, I get it. And you're like, ding, ding, ding. And then there's no stopping them from that perspective. And I would imagine an industry, like when I think of kind of the things that you're talking about and stay with me on this, cause I swear I have a point. I think of also like, I have clients who are in construction and the, the guys that are in construction and stuff like that don't necessarily do marketing. <laughs> they don't necessarily have social media, you know, skills because that's not their jam, right? They're out there and they do a lot of offline word of mouth stuff. But I've, the clients that I've worked with, just because nobody else is really doing it and everything else is a lot of kind of, you know, backroom deals, is that those that are doing it elevate themselves substantially in the industry. And I imagine that's very similar with these practitioners, because if everybody else is too noisy or more kind of like, oh, it's this fluffy thing, the minute you nail it, you're like five notches above everybody else, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, those of you who are in industries that, you know, maybe is not so saturated online or maybe, you know, there is a lot of noise in it. You need to really boil it down. And I like the fact that you said, think of the dumbest person, then go two, two or three rungs lower, because that is exactly it. Like it's either they're not, not that they're not smart enough, but they really need to be able to get it really quick. Correct. And quick, I mean, that is one of the biggest pieces, like the accessibility and the ability to boil things down. So, so that people who are, we live in a society of people who have incredibly short attention spans, who are always bombarded with nonstop information. So I'm always telling people you need to catch someone right now and you need to be accessible right now. So my biggest pet peeve with people is when, you know, you see something on Facebook and somebody's asking for an eye doctor and somebody's like me, I'm like, okay, me, what it would have taken, (laughs) you know, it would have taken another, what, 40 seconds for you to say, that's what I do. I'm based in this town. Here's my website. Check me out. Here's my contact info. And so often I see these like long exchanges that fizzle out to nothing because people are like, next, who's going to make it easy for me. If you make it easy for me, I'm in. I am the laziest person ever. If I have to dig and dig to find a phone number or or a website, I'm like, next, who's next? Who's going to make it easy for me? Because I need to get on with my day. I'm busy. Right, right. And especially if you're dealing with like in the healing arts and all of that stuff, like you've already got a barrier. You've already got limiting beliefs getting in your way. So, you know, the convenience factor is going to put you up very much like ahead of the game in that. I mean, my biggest talk about pet peeves is when, if I go to a website to, and I would like to book a tarot reading, or I would like to book a service, even massage or something like that. And I have no ability beyond calling you. And I know that sounds silly, but if I have to actually just call you or the effort is beyond filling out a form and scheduling a thing, I will most likely put it, put it to the side, unfortunately. 
same here. I hate, I hate using the phone. I will do it if I have to, but I found that even, even with that so often, oh my God, this is my second pet peeve. When I call someone to make an appointment and they don't get back to me for four days and I can't, or I can't leave a message because their voice box is full. Clean your voicemail boxes out. Yes. Yes. As soon as I see that, I'm like, this person's like, they can't handle their life. I don't know. I don't want this practitioner because they're, if they're such a mess that they can't even bring in clients because nobody can contact them, then how, how like good at communication are they going to be once they have my actual money? Well, right. right. I mean, not to mention like your, for those of you who aren't really that familiar with, you know, energy healing and stuff like that, you know, that's not something you want brought into your session either. Like that sort of energy brought in. I think all of us in the simplest, in the simplest terms, you come into contact with somebody who is in a shitty mood and then all of a sudden you're in a shitty mood. So you're going to come into a session where you want to feel calm and you come in with somebody who you know is life is chaos, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, that's going to be real hard. And again, like everybody's lives get in the way. Like we all deal with shit. However, if you are a business owner, there is more to that voicemail being full than just like, oh my gosh, I'm just overwhelmed. Like there's a lot more limiting Mm -hmm. beliefs, so many other things, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I have found that, I mean, I found it to be a consistent thing, like with practitioners in the past that I've tried to contact who I felt like okay, I've reached out to them. They haven't reached out back to me. Their voice mailbox was full. They don't have anywhere on their website to book that when I finally did reach them, it was just this, I felt like they were messy. Like they were kind of frazzled and bringing their own stuff into the sessions, right? Like you walk into a place and you're paying someone money and they're there to do a job for you. And you don't need to hear about their problems and what they're going through and how they hate their husband today and how their dog peed on the carpet before they, you know, it's like, there needs to be a certain level of this is about you and not about me. And a certain level of, again, that like clear focus, calm, like that whole, you, you want to be clear, you know, like energetically clear when you're doing sessions and all these little pieces, again, they don't seem like they're that big of a deal and they're not separately, but when you put them together, you kind of create this, this mess that you, a lot of people are not going to want to step into. Right. I mean, you, you essentially kind of build out a persona with all the, with all the little things, right? I mean, it just reminds me a lot of artists in general. (laughs) Like, because, you know, again, I come from a theater background and there was a saying in our grad school program that was, you know, think about whether or not you're creating art for art's sake, right? Or if you're creating art as creating a business. And those are two very different things. And if you want to heal for a hobby or you want to do that stuff, you know, for whatever reason that you want, yes, but that's very different than building a business around it. 100%. It's a completely different world, you know? But I do unfortunately find too that a lot of people who are in this world, in the holistic world, they're all about the, oh, I don't need to do it for money. You know, I only need a little bit. And that's fine if it's an authentic belief and you really feel that. But so often there's this like emotional disconnect and you can feel like the two edges rubbing against each other because in one hand, they're like, I don't need the money. But on the other hand, they're like, I did all this work <laughs> and I, <laughs> I can't pay my rent and it's really frustrating. And so it's, yeah. it's like, you really need to be in alignment with, do you want to get 
do you, do you need this or do you not need this? If you don't, that's great. If you want to do this for fun, that's cool. But if you are struggling to pay your rent and you're giving and giving and you're, you're feeling so deeply resentful, nobody is getting hit. No, it doesn't help anyone. It no. certainly doesn't help your clients. No, because you're again, bringing that energy in and that's gross too. Like, um, you know, I see that a lot around monks, just women will say in general, right? Like, oh, well, actually I take that back. I do have a couple of male clients that I've actually had to have conversations about that too, about the more money you make, the more people you help. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do start off with that because their businesses are their passion and they're like, oh, I don't need to get paid for this. And it's just my passion. And I'm like, okay, well, to your point, how are you paying rent? Like, is it an expensive hobby or is it a, an actual business? Like, I mean, I wish I could pay my mortgage and good vibes and like, but you know what? <laughs> we would be rich. We'd be so rich with good vibes and compliments and be able to pay mortgages and, you know, all sorts of things. Wouldn't that be fantastic? It would be amazing. <laughs> That's what people used to tell me. I feel like when I went to college with theater and they were like, your passion, you know, passion over profit. And I was like, now I understand that to be a little bit different now <laughs> as I'm older. And I was like, okay, passion over profit, meaning what drives you, not what the end result is <laughs> being broke, but passionate. Yeah. Um, so what about, let's talk kind of law of attraction type stuff. Like I want to go a little deeper on what you just said around, like, if you build it, they will come kind of thing. Or, you know, if I think positively, or I just send the in- energy out to the universe and I just sit and wait nicely, it will all appear for me because I hear that a lot from people. So talk to me about your opinion on that topic. Oh, I have strong opinions on this topic. <laughs> Good, that's why um, I asked. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, I have, a, I have a Facebook group called Magic Mindset Marketing. And the reason why I created this group, and I actually created a few events around it, is because I realized that so many people out there are all about the manifestation without the backing, without the action behind it. And I am a massive manifestation fan. I am really good at manifestation. I I can bring things in like nothing, but I'm also a really hard worker. And so, so often what I was seeing is, you know, people writing down their intentions and being like, today, I'm going to make this amount of money. And then they put it out there into the universe and nothing happens. And immediately they're like, this sucks. It doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work. And it's like, People don't understand that part of manifestation is the work behind it because we can put it out there, envision something, write it down. Yeah, that's part of it. But the other part is every time you do something to back up that energy, whether it is creating an ad or getting out there and talking about your business or whatever it is that you do to bring businesses business in, you are taking that energy and you're building it and building it. And that is manifestation energy. So it's not just the, I have to, you know, think of the thing I want. You have to put the action behind it. And when you put all of it together and you get your mindset in place, you have all of your intentions and your visualization and you're doing the work, you cannot fail. Like that's what really creates the magic. That's what makes it happen. But people get so frustrated because they don't do the work behind it or they give it no time. And they say, you know, I want to, I mean, I would love to write down on a scrap of paper, a hundred thousand dollars is going to come into my bank account today. Like today it's going to come from nowhere, but we have to be in alignment with what we truly believe too. And so 
I don't think that's going to happen today. So that's not going to happen for me. Do I feel like I can create and manifest anything I want? Absolutely. But it's not my timeline all the time. It's exactly. the universe timeline. So if you put it out there and then you're immediately frustrated and you're like, it's not happening. What are you going to manifest? You're going to manifest. Happening. It's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see coaches all the time who are like, you know, write down that you'll make a million dollars by the end of this year. And in my head, I'm looking at like, and there could be like three months left in the year kind of thing. Um, and you've made zero. Um, and in my head, I'm sitting there and I could never, I could, I could never buy into it ever because now number one, my business brain was like doing the math on how much you need to bring in per week, per month, whatever, compounding your business, all the stuff on that end. Um, it didn't add up. And also, you know, you wouldn't be ready necessarily either if that million hit at the end of three months time or whenever, because I think people underestimate, and I've talked to way too many people who have made millions and lost it. Um, and I really think that you have to be ready, right? Like the universe knows when you're ready, not to be too woo woo with you guys, but you have to release those limiting beliefs before you can bring it in. Right. And so many, you know, and that please don't even get me started on the whole, you know, the manifestation coaching where people really are just like, I'm going to teach you to manifest a million dollars over the course of the next six months. And it's like, are you making a million dollars? You can't control that either coach coaching. This right. is about a guarantee. You can't guarantee anything in coaching because it's dependent upon the person that you're coaching. Right. Right. You know, but it's also this, it's like people are so hungry for the instant gratification and that I feel like so much of the law of, um, the law of attraction stuff, it really feeds into that endorphin rush, right? You, you're like, this is going to happen. But when you get an endorphin rush like that, it's so temporary. It's like, you get it and then it's gone. You need to keep feeding that. And that's what, and the feeding part is, is the work behind it. And the, the work on yourself, the man, you know, the mindset work, the digging into your limiting beliefs, like doing the actual physical labor, all of that is, is part of the big package. And it's not just the, the, the endorphin inducing like adrenaline rush of, Oh my God, I'm, this is it. I'm going to write it down. It's going to happen. I mean, it will happen if you work at it, but you know, the work needs to be done. It's not just going to magically fall into your lap. Right. I mean, that's why I see so many people, you know, you go to a conference, right? You go to a conference and the person, the speaker like jazzes you up. I mean, I am one of those speakers, so sorry in advance for this, but you know, you jazz the people up and then, you know, within a couple of weeks, you're right back to where you were before the conference because, you know, you, you had unrealistic expectations around that change and, you know, you definitely underestimated the old programming that's running in the back of your head, right? I mean, so from a holistic perspective, you know, using kind of the magic in the back, you know, how, how do you incorporate the knowledge that you have around that, around helping people change their, their way of being, I guess. So with, when I'm working with holistic practitioners to. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, you know, they're being a holistic practitioner, usually very rooted in that, Mm -hmm. right. And rooted in the healing part, but not necessarily doing it on yourself. <laughs> from oh, a, I know. You know yeah. what I mean? So how do you kind of help people through that part of it? Well, I think part of part of what I do too is I host so many events. And the events that I host are always, they always have the underlying goal of massive transformation. 
And just giving people access to that work, you know, is powerful because very often people don't like, I, I always come at it from the business perspective too. So -hmm. when I'm promoting my events to my holistic crew, I am telling them, okay, if you're running a business, like this is what you need because you need to work on this piece and we all need to work on it. And you might not know that you need it, but you know what? You need to invest in yourself. And and I'm huge on the whole self-investment thing. I spend a lot of money on, on a lot of things that have, you know, really been helpful for me. Um, And I think one one thing that I do find kind of holds holistic practitioners back is a lot of them don't invest in themselves. They don't invest in, and I'm not even talking the business piece, although that is huge too. Like they do not want to invest in anything business-wise, but there's also this like, well, I can heal myself. I don't need someone else. I can read my own cards. Bullshit because- (laughs) Because they're called blind spots for a reason, folks. Exactly. You need someone else outside of yourself. I was on a group a few weeks ago and I had um, posted something about, you know, I see a lot of acupuncturists who are like, oh, I never get acupuncture because it's expensive. And because when other people needle me, it hurts. And I'm like, if you can't get high on your own supply, nobody else is going to want it. So I get acupuncture regularly. I am happy to invest in that with getting it from someone else. And it's such a massive difference between giving myself a session, which I do once in a while if I need it and having someone else treat me. Mm -hmm. And I was explaining how you need to put that energy out there too. Like if you don't think what you do is worth paying for, then nobody else is going to believe that. And this woman had posted like, well, I don't, I haven't had, I don't need anyone else. I don't need other practitioners. I would never pay for that because I'm so good at what I do that I can treat all of my own issues. And I'm thinking, how successful are you? You know what? If I come to your house and I see that you are massively successful, awesome. But I did a little creeping and it doesn't (laughs) seem to be the case, you know? Um, And that's just, it's a very, I don't understand why that's such a prevalent belief in this holistic world that you just you rely on yourself. You don't want to invest in the services of other people. You, you don't want to try things that are, you know, that could potentially help. I don't know. I just, I really, I see it a lot in this world. Um, and I'm really trying to change that. And, and again, part of it is me being on my holistic entrepreneur group and hosting these events and really drilling into people. This is why you need this. If you are struggling in your business, this is why you need to sign up for this. And you know what? It's a 250 bucks for a group session and you shouldn't care because that's going to, the value you get out of it is going to be so much bigger than what you put into it. Um, And people listen to me which is because because I've been there and I know, and I don't speak of any, I'm, I don't, I'm authentic, 100% authentic. I don't talk about anything unless I've tried it myself. I've benefited and I can be like, hand to God, this works. And if, right. if that's not the case, if I don't feel passionate about it, I don't even talk about it. I don't bring it up. So well, and because you're in their realm as well, I'm right? in their world. Because yeah. like if it was just like a, a, like a straight up marketing person that came into all the energy workers and were like, do this, do that. They would probably be like, well, you don't really, whether it's true or not, you don't understand how the energy flows and you don't like all of that kind of stuff. Whereas you can call bullshit. I do know how this works. And I can tell you that the two of them can coexist together, like the, the pursuit of, of money or the pursuit of success and 
energy working. And it's, it's interesting because when I got trained, I was taught that there, there's always an energy exchange, right? Mm-hmm. With, with Tara, with Reiki, with anything. And there's always needs to be an energy exchange. So do not do it for free because therefore you upset the balance. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting that the majority of that industry does not do that. <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. And it's absolutely true. If you don't have that energy, I mean, how often have you seen people getting free advice who do nothing, yeah. even with the world of coaching? You know, I mean, I used to, oh my God, I would spend hours of my time. People would just message me on Facebook and say, Hey, can I pick your brain for a few minutes? A phrase that I never want to forget. That's my, my favorite. Life. Yeah. Oh my God. And I would be like, I'll give you, I'll get on the phone with you for an hour and I'll walk you through this whole process. I'll create a business plan with you. I would check in with them three, six months down the road and they'd be like, oh, I didn't, oh, it didn't help. I'm, oh, what did you implement? Oh, I didn't do any of that stuff. It just seemed too hard. I'm like, never again. I am not giving away this stuff for free. When I, when I have paying clients who sit down, they implement every single thing that we right. discuss during the session. Yeah. They have skin in the game. They have skin in the game and they're committed at that point. I think oftentimes I see other coaches and, you know, I've gone through this myself where I, one, I've gone through exactly what you just described where I want to help everybody and do everything. And then I realize there's nothing left for me at the end of the day um, with that. And you kind of wrestle with the, well, I don't want to be selfish. I'm not giving it my, not being helpful enough. And I think that's more female programming, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, I just, I think it's great that you put that on it and that you walk the walk and you, yeah. you're a role model in that way that they can see that it's possible. Yeah. And you know what? Every time I don't give a free session, <laughs> I'm reinforcing yeah. the things that I'm teaching people. You know, I've, I can't be in a group full of seven, 7,500 people preaching all day long, value yourself, value your work, you know, understand like what that energetic exchange is and then be taking 10 people a day and saying, I'll give you a half hour here and there for free. And I will, I'm happy to give, I give a ton of advice in my group. I answer questions all the time on my group, but I'm not going to go back to where I was hours and hours of free work a week that made me feel so incredibly depleted and resentful. I was like, I don't even want to be around you people because all you're doing is sucking me dry and then just taking everything you've taken from me, crumpling it up, throwing it on the floor and being like, next. Yes. Yeah. You know? And there are a lot of people who, who will do that. And I've got, I've had many people who come to me and they're like coach shopping essentially. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, this coach told me to do this. What are you going to say? And I was like, well, if you're going to pay me, I'm going to actually tell you one, the truth, but it's going to be complicated because nothing's black and white, nothing's guaranteed. And people get really angry at me because, you know, I'm with you. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it anymore because it's not fair to them. It's not fair to them. And it's not fair to their business for me to promise things that I cannot deliver in the name of the universe and the energy behind it. Yeah. And, you know, people have been Part of it is I, th- I feel like people have been kind of trained to yeah. act that way because there are so many people out there who don't have boundaries, who are willing to do all of this free work. And, you know, you go from one person to the next person, getting all this free stuff and having people happy 
to give you all of this and, and to not ask for anything in exchange. And then you reach someone like us and we're like, okay, you can sign up for a session here. And you're like, what the, they're like, what the hell? Like, what do you mean? I have to, I have to pay you for this. Like, yeah, you do. Because how valuable was all of that other information you received? If you were implementing all of that, you wouldn't even need me. (laughs) You would already be in a place where you're like, I'm successful. I don't, I don't need this. If you're coming to me, you're proving that all of that free stuff didn't work, didn't work for you. Right now, you and I have a, have a good mutual friend, Julia, who I'm thinking of as we're having this conversation, (laughs) you know, she and I will go back and forth and I'd be like, somebody asked this. And she's like, you said no. Right. And I was like, I don't know. She's like, you're saying no. Right. (laughs) Because there has to be such awesome boundaries. I love it. You know, and and it, it comes across as so professional. And that's the thing. Like we always feel like people, if we if we set our boundaries and we're firm and you know, that people are going to hate us. And I have, I am a huge people pleaser. This is something I'm going to struggle with forever, but you know what? The people who hate us hate us because they wanted something for nothing. And those are not our people. Anyway, the people who are actually respectful clients that we want, that we want all of them walking through our doors. Those are the people that are like, awesome. I have so much respect for you. I want to work with you because this is what I, you know, this is how I roll. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is it's, you've got to teach people how to treat you. I mean, you teach people what the narrative is around you in marketing, and then you teach people how to treat you when it comes to customer service and putting boundaries in place. And, and it, it just always reminds me of dealing with toddlers, no offense to our, to our older people listening, but you know, I used to have really super enterprise level clients when I worked in corporate and they were the worst because we, we said yes to them because they had an unlimited account, right? They could pay us, they could pay it away. But then it's like, you gave them an inch, they took like 10 miles. Um, and it's similar to, similar to kids. They need boundaries. <laughs> and people need, you know, in the end, it weeds out the people that you don't want, you know, but people actually like having expectations for their behavior and rules. And like, they like to know where they stand and the people that don't, those are the vampires. Like those are the people that'll drain you dry. And those are the people that if you can scare them away before they even get in through your door, scare them away. We don't want them. Yeah. Or, or we can use a nicer word, qualify the lead. Oh, <laughs> right. That's <much> nicer, yes. <laughs> we, can, we can say it that way too, folks. Don't let them get through your pipeline and qualify the hell out of that lead and get them out. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, but it all comes back to the energy of who you want to work with, how you want to feel at the end of the day. And re- you've used the word resentment a lot in this interview and it's needed because that's what happens. I, for myself, know it's time to release something or someone when I start getting pissed off at it. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, when you come home and you're like, fucking son of a bitch, like, and you're like muttering to yourself in your head and you're like, why am I doing this? Chances are you need to stop and like, or as I say to my children, stop, think, do, right? Like, think about it before you take a next step and repeat the behavior because, you know, that's insanity, right? Um, Thank you. I love this conversation. Um, It's just such a good topic, especially for our practitioners out there who, again, they don't have that, that entry into the world. And thankfully they have you now. So tell people where they can find you, my dear. Okay. So you can find me at www.healingpointtherapeutics.com. That is my acupuncture hypnotherapy practice. 
Um, and I also post the events that we host on that, um, on that booking system. And I make it really easy to book because I can't <laughs> that's the point about it for other people and then not do it myself. Yeah. Um, so healing point therapeutics, that's my business. I'm located in Sudbury mass. Um, my Facebook group is, um, holistic entrepreneurs, and it is an amazing group. It if is. you are any kind of holistic professional, um, we do a lot of digging in that group. It's just, it's a fantastic group. It's a really high vibe. Um, and if you want to get onto my mailing list, um, you can message the word pop up P O P U P all in capital letters to four, two, eight, two, eight. Um, and you will end up on our mailing list. That's fantastic. I like a good, I like a good text, text thing. <laughs> I do those so too. Easier, you know? It does because we're, we all have our phones kind of close by. So it does, does make it easier. And I'll be sure to include all that good information in the notes folks. And I'm, and I have to personally give a shout out for your group because I'm in there and it's the first time I've, and I've been in a couple of different holistic entrepreneur groups. Um, and it's the first time I've seen one, the others have been good, but you are, that's that perfect marriage of like business acumen and energy. Mm-hmm. So it's wonderful. People are well-behaved. Yes, <laughs> they are. And I like it. I like it. Um, well, thank you very much again for joining us today. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. This was great. Thank you. So regardless of which industry you work in, right? Marissa is very specific, you know, in the industry that she works with and the folks that she's, that she services. Um, But regardless of that, I often see um, it happen quite a bit. It's kind of this, if you build it, they will come mentality or, you know, let's manifest it. I will sit here and meditate on it and things will magically appear without that action piece. And, you know, that just kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of, oh, I bet you, I bet you this won't work. And then you put it out there. You don't do the action. Doesn't work. So you can say, see, I was right. So make sure, you know, make it easy for people to purchase from you. Make it, you know, crystal clear what it is that you do and the message that you are delivering to folks. Don't overcomplicate it because the marketing and the messaging isn't about you. It's about them and explaining to them what's in it for them with working with you. And on next week's interview episode, it is officially going to be episode 100. And we are flipping the script a little bit. And my beautiful friend, Sue Izzo, is actually taking over the show as the host. And I am going to be in the guest chair. I have no idea what she's going to ask me. And she's in charge. So it'll be an interesting episode and I trust her a hundred percent. So you do not want to miss that celebratory episode. And as always, if you love this podcast, please don't forget, because it really helps us out to subscribe, download, rate, and review. And, you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life, right? See you later.